Welcome to Hope in the Heartland, a podcast from Zeal Coaching, where we talk to you, our neighbors, about ways to take your life from ordinary to extraordinary. We'll also take some time along the way to celebrate people who are living those dream lives right here in the Midwest. So join us as we help you ignite your life with passion, purpose, love, and success to ignite your life with Zeal. Welcome. This is Christy Shell with Hope in the Heartland. I'm back for our episode eight. Today we are talking about bad decisions and why we make them. So Katie, my normal co-host, she is off today and we are working on this um, solo. So hopefully you can put up with me for this amount of time. It may be a bad decision. So we'll have to talk about that later. So it's interesting because we all make bad decisions and Bad decisions meaning we make it we make a decision that we know that we probably shouldn't have made. And we will kind of do these over and over again and not really changing the way we do it. So anywhere from eating a donut to going out with that guy you shouldn't have gone out with or taking a job that you are afraid you're, you know, you need the money type of thing, but it's not a good fit for you. There's all kinds of ways we continue to make bad decisions, and we logically know that we shouldn't, and we keep doing it anyway. So that's our topic, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Why do we do this? One of the things is so natural to us is we want to feel good, and we want to feel validated and safe. So when you were a kid, we learned to lie because you knew that our parents would get mad or angry with us. There would be a bad result or we would feel bad because our parents will get angry with us. So if we, you know, broke the lamp, you know, classic example, if I broke the lamp, my parents would get angry. And so I lie about breaking the lamp. And so we learned this habit of um, telling false truths or making a bad decision and, and lying, for example, because it's not going to be comfortable, people are not going to seem to love us or to avoid conflict. So those are all things that cause bad feelings. So we will make those bad decisions and choose to lie. And we learned this kind of at a very early age to do this so that we're seen in the best light. Our parents care about us. We get to learn. They smile at us, whatever it is. Um, we learned this at a really early age. And so Coming back to really how do you make a decision that, um, that isn't going to be comfortable, but you will make it anyways. So when I was a young kid, I once did a horrible thing. I, um, I was in fifth grade, and I wasn't doing my homework, so I actually did two like kind of horrible things. I just didn't want to do it. It was uncomfortable. I like I think I was getting to a point where the the work was harder and I maybe didn't excel or get it completely. And two things, I told the teacher that I was allergic to chalk and that I couldn't go to the board to do the to do my problems, to do the like a math problem on the board and that I couldn't come go to the chalkboard to do to do a problem. So she bought that and she let me get away with it. I think I she probably saw through it now as an adult looking back, but she got that I was struggling and so she didn't make me go to the board, but it was my excuse, right? It was my way of kind of diverting that 
um, experience. And so that same year, again, I was struggling with my academics, I think. And what happened was um, I stopped doing my homework and I you know, feeling really uncomfortable, but at the same time, I don't know how to get out of it. And, you know, being that age, you're just kind of confused or whatever. And um, I remember the teacher calling home and I hung up on her, <laughs> which is ridiculous and like mortifying to say out loud, but I hung up on my teacher um, and she called back and my mom caught on that something was going on and she um, talked to the teacher. And I was grounded for a really long time, for probably about six months. And so, you know, no television, no, you know, all the horrible things I got taken off of. Now we would take all your technology away or whatever. But what is interesting is why did I make those bad decisions? I, I know it's a simple thing, but even as a kid, I think we have this natural inclination that, you know, it was hard to do homework. I didn't really understand or get it or something. And so I would avoid it and I would make the, the easiest decision, the ones that's right in front of me versus the long-term decision or to ask for help or whatever. And we do this over and over and over again. And what happens is it becomes a habit of thinking. So if you don't know, your brain has... Um, it's kind of like wired, like electricity, you know, and it goes down a similar line and it's kind of like a bike path that gets worn and gets worn and gets worn. And that's the way your brain likes to think. And it builds more neuro pathways that way. And you learn to do better at that and better at that, even if it's a negative behavior or habit. So in order to change that, it's a lot of effort and a lot of changing. So our brain wants to um, not work so hard. So you go into autopilot and you go down that neural pathway all the time. So once you start making one bad decision, you'll probably continue to make similar bad decisions because your brain has started down that pathway. So it's interesting, one of the ways that we really think about this, and we talked about this on our um, Facebook Live, actually earlier this morning, about we will make a decision because we're afraid, okay? So kind of the core of it is we make decisions because we're afraid, or we make decisions because of possibility and the likelihood for something new and exciting. So if you're making decisions from being afraid, you're probably making a bad decision. So think about this. The, you know, the little girl, she learns to lie because she's afraid. The criminal goes and robs the store or takes the candy from the first time. He does that because he's afraid he doesn't have enough money. We take a job we don't feel like we're fit for because we're afraid. We marry a guy we shouldn't marry because we think that's going to be our only option, and we make that decision because we're afraid. The concept, though, is, is if you're making decisions from that fearful place, you're not making decisions that are true to you. So how do you calm down? How do you get your emotions in check? How do you get off that thinking habit of making decisions from fear, from fear, from fear? and making them based on from love and possibility. So love and possibility looks like, you know, mom, I need help. You know, my mom is going to be accepting of me, or she's going to give me a hug and be like, I'm so glad you asked me. 
But I couldn't picture that, you know, as a kid. I couldn't picture that she was going to give me help or give me a hug. I was afraid that she was going to get mad at me. So when you see behaviors or you see the results from asking for help or making decision out of love or possibility, they're usually better decisions. So let's talk about this, for example. I have a set of boundaries that I had set for myself. We're talking about the turkey company in my last podcast. And we were saying we took that on and we interviewed all these employees and it turned out to be this wonderful, like really great experience. Well, the bigger story of that is that when I took that job, we were going to interview all these employees and we were going to coach some people who might want to be coached. This is a rule that I have set in my business. I don't coach anyone that doesn't ask for coaching. I'm not going to let a boss send a person to me to be coached or to be fixed because it just brings fear up in them and there's no way to really help them. So I had set this boundary. I had known this boundary. I had known it, trusted it, and was working from that value that I had really set for myself. When we got this big client with this turkey company, they had asked me to coach some people who needed fixed, quote unquote, and who needed help, who were struggling, and I broke my own rule or my own value that I had created for myself, my own boundary. And I did that from fear. I'm like, this is great money. I should, I should do this because it will help us get to a new place. But it was so off of my inner knowing that I made a bad choice for the money or for um, what I was worried we weren't going to make that year to support myself and my staff. So I made that choice from a not a such a positive place. I made that choice from a, pace of, a place of pain or fear. And so, of course, six months later, it backfires on me, and not in a huge way, but just in a way that I was really unhappy and somewhat you know, regretful of how I did this and how it turned out. And I was, it really, it really hit home and it was really hard for me. And so I made that bad decision, even though I knew to do something differently. But I went to a place of fear and I made that bad decision. Now, the project turned out fine and we really helped some um, parts of that organization, but I didn't stay true to myself. And so it, um, it left a bad taste in my mouth, not on their part, but more on my part for not being true to myself. And so when you think about, do you make a decision out of fear or do you make a decision out of possibility and love, it can be a real thing for you. So I see this all the time with my clients. We get to this place that's truly like magical. They have this inner knowing. I was talking about a client last night. He was talking about he really wants to act. Well, he may go on to do that and do it as a hobby or maybe he will act, but He's going to make a decision first off to be safe and secure. And I would encourage him to do that, but not to the detriment of the thing he really wants. And so it's a really different way than what normally we think. We always have been taught to think logical, you know, what's going to be safe, what's going to be secure, which are important things. But how do you also keep one eye in what's possible and true to yourself and loving? And I really want to encourage you to do those things. To really think about this is how we get to some awesome and more extraordinary places when you think about it. So 
my friends. How do we get to this place where we're not making bad decisions over and over? One of the interesting things is to think about when you're making a decision, do you think about making it from pain or pleasure? Okay. So hear me out. I love this concept. Okay. So do you make a decision because it gives you pleasure with a short-term like win, but a long-term pain? Or do you make a decision like that's more challenging or painful, so to speak, and that has a short-term kind of consequence, but a long-term win? So for example, if I eat that donut now, that is pleasure now, but long-term pain, okay? If I don't eat that donut, I may want it, but that little short-term pain has a long-term, long-term benefit. So do you think, hmm, am I the type of person who makes a decision from pain or pleasure? So often we go to pleasure because we want to feel good. This is where we really get into the challenge of making decision out of the gate of, or that habit of, do I go to pleasure? Do I go to pleasure? This happens with especially young kids who are at college and they're like, do I study or do I go hang out with my friends at the rec, <laughs> you know, or do I study or go have a drink with people at four o'clock and, you know, and not work a little bit harder on my studies and be ready with that paper on Monday or whatever. So which kind of person are you? Are you naturally going towards pleasure or are you naturally going towards that little bit of discomfort or longer term commitment to get to the result that you want? Now, here's the thing. If you're normally going towards pleasure, going towards pleasure, that goes back into this habit of thinking in that brain wave or that brain neuropathway, getting used to doing that. So we, Simon Sinek, they talk about this when you're on your cell phone, right? You get a little dopamine drip every time you see somebody gives you a like. So we literally become addicted to that little bit of pleasure because the chemical gets released into our head. And so, and into our system, and it gives us a little tiny high. And so we keep doing that and keep doing that. We make these decisions from pleasure, from pleasure, instead of kind of denying ourselves a little bit and making it more from a little bit of discomfort for a longer term benefit. So kind of two things. Do you make a decision from fear? Do you make a decision from pleasure, pain type of thing? And I say pain, but, I, but what I really mean is kind of that longer, a little bit of discomfort and a longer-term benefit. Or do you go for the, the pleasure, pleasure, pleasure all the time? So knowing those ways that we can kind of make bad decisions, um, how do you start to fix them? So here's my steps. There's five of them. We're going we're gonna to hit them hard. Here we go. So what the first one is, is you just got to be aware. You got to get off autopilot. Your brain going down that neuropathway is this habit of thinking. And so it literally is this track that your brain gets on and it is your brain on autopilot. And so you got to have a trigger that notices a feeling. You know, you go to reach for the candy bar or do you go to reach for the salad, right? Do you know, are you going to the Sunday bar or are you going to the salad? I'm just using food because it's an easy one to talk about. But to think about what is my trigger right here? So for me, I know that if I go to Tim Hortons for a cup of coffee, it's really going to be hard for me not to get a donut. So how do I, how do I decide? 
do I go to Tim Hortons and discipline myself or do I just avoid Tim Hortons? That's one way to deal with it is to really think about how do I avoid that natural brain flow of habit? So like we're an alcoholic, do you go to the bar or do you go play basketball with your friends? What is a better way or use? Um, It's actually why AA works, right, is because if you go to the bar, you're looking for relationships. When you go to AA, you also get relationships. So, so that brings us to the second one. What are you really wanting out of this situation? So you have to get off aisle to pilot. You have to realize what's, what the triggers are. And really calming yourself or kind of fig- and figuring out what do I want from this situation? So if I normally would go to the bar, And I really don't want to do that because now I'm going to be up till 1 a.m. And then my day tomorrow is going to be all screwed up and my week is all screwed up. How do I kind of take the longer term benefit? So maybe I do want to go hang out with my friends and I ask them to do something differently. So, So the steps are noticing and that trigger that might be making it happen. Then getting off the autopilot and asking yourself, what do you really want here? What's really the underlying want or need that you want to happen? And then doing that thing that gets you there with a little less of the bad decision part. So do you truly make a decision from um, a place where it will get you the result that you want? Or do you make the same habit issue all the time. So it's interesting to think about which way you're doing that. And then when you do that, do yourself a little bit of a favor and give yourself some praise or reward. Wow, good job, Christy. Or, you know, um, do you get to put a sticker on the calendar or something silly or, you know, just, you know, kind of high-fiving yourself or doing something that is um, is giving yourself a little praise and a little confirmation. I have one friend. Um, I love this. She did a. She was really changing the way she ate. So every time she didn't eat something, she would take a picture of it. And so she had like this award, <laughs> this awards of the things she didn't eat. And she, it was really funny because she'd be like, "Want to see what I didn't eat yesterday?" And I'm like, "Okay." So she would show me the things that she had overcome. And I think that that is such a great way for her to celebrate. But I wanted her to erase those pictures of the food because I would want to be like drooling over them all day. So, but it was interesting. So to really think about why do we make bad decisions, okay? And how do you get out of that? Again, what is the feeling or the trigger or the thing that kind of brings you there? Did you go into an emotional conversation? So now you, you, know, you need um, a candy bar or could you go for a walk and it would give you the same feeling? And you have this moment of power where you can make that decision to do it differently. And as you start to do it differently, the habit starts to develop itself a little bit differently. But really knowing what you want and wanting that reward is, and then praising yourself for when you do it. The last thing I'll say is this about this idea. What happens often is that we are, we think that we made a bad decision or we made a mistake and we think that that's who we are now. So I am the kid who, you know, robbed, robbed the, you know, the candy counter or whatever. So I'm just a bad kid now. 
So we will start to identify with that identity and we will be, behave more and more and more like that. So I could have said to myself back in that fifth grade time, I'm just a bad student. I'm not very smart. I'll never be anything. And I would have just, I could have just gone down, down, down that road and really believed that the mistake I made was who I am. You are not your mistakes. And so I really want to encourage you to think, what is the identity I've taken on from the mistakes I've made? So if you are a partier in college and now you're a professional, how do you rectify yourself to say, I am not those crazy mistakes or late night with, you know, rebel rousing with my friends and girls or whatever? I don't have to be that person anymore. So this can be on a larger scale to decide who do I want to be and to start to behave and realize that I want to be somebody different because you're not your mistakes and that you can make different decisions, even in the tiniest baby steps, and to realize that you are trying to build those new neural pathways or those new habits, and life will slowly turn in the direction that you want it to be. This is really true for me in my business. I have to say to myself, I am a business. I am a businesswoman. And I have to start believing that and making decisions from that place, not that I'm a hacker at this or I'm a camp girl or whatever my other personas have been, or I'm that little girl who, you know, hung up on the teacher. If I didn't start to believe something different about myself, I wouldn't be here. So when you make decisions for yourself, where do you want to go and point your decisions to that? That's where I'm going to end with you today. If you would like to put in the notes or in the comments um, some decisions that you're going to make differently, I would love to hear them and I'd love to respond to what those are. But we can do this every day. We can make better decisions for where we want to go. And I really want to encourage you to kind of create the habits and the praise for yourself that gets you there. All right, so if you didn't catch those, let me go over the five again. Maybe those weren't completely clear. Here are the five ways really to think about how to get yourself to making better decisions. Number one is noticing, really noticing the feeling or the trigger that's causing it. So what? So noticing, oh, there I go again. I'm going to do this or I have this feeling and letting that kind of inform you or to really just kind of wake up to that. Number two is to kind of calm yourself, kind of breathe and ask yourself what you really want. This is such a critical one because we really have to connect to what we really want here or how we want to feel or what we hope the result that we are going to get is. And then the third, the third one is that is your point of power. You then you make a decision and what is that decision going to be? So really clarifying, I'm going to do this differently. And what is that going to be? And giving your really giving yourself some time to think and be focused on it. And then the fourth one is to think about um, actually doing it differently. This is where the rubber hits the road, people. You have to do it differently or you don't get to like build that habit, right? You don't get to get the result and see if it helps or do it over time and get that longer lasting result. And then the fifth one is to give yourself praise, even for trying, even for attempting, 
but actually doing to like mentally give yourself a high five or a little reward or whatever so that you can really kind of solidify that change. And then you put it all on repeat. You do it all again. So you feel and you notice, you calm and you you think about what you want. You know that that's your point of power and you make a dis- different decision and you do it differently and then you give yourself some praise. You got this. You can do it. We know you can. And it's really a habit in itself to learn and to master. This is Christy Shell with Hope in the Heartland and I hope you keep hope in your heart. Thanks. <music>